0: Thirty six to thirty nine. Yeah. Okay. So when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisees' house and reclined at the table. A woman in the a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisees' house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at the feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, and what kind of woman is she, that she is a sinner. Right. Thanks, Vaughn. Bon. Hello, can you hear me? How do I make it work? <laughs> What do I do, can you hear me? Yay, great. (laughs) Hello, Um, I'm Megan. I've just started at St. D's as Pat said. Um, That was great, thanks, Bron. Should we just pray to begin with? Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. We just ask that you open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes to see you more clearly to learn about you, Lord, and to learn about your character and how we can have a relationship with you and how we can know you more, Lord Jesus. Just send your Holy Spirit now to speak to us. Amen. Great. Um, yes, yeah, so I started working at some D's, but I live in Hammersmith. I live with my very... Good friend, well, my best friend, Ali, over there. (laughs) And we are lucky enough to live in a three-bedroomed house, even though there's two of us. The third bedroom is kind of like a study. You know how when you look at the house, they say like three rooms, but they say slash study in one of them. This is like one of those. It's got a very small little, it's like a single bed there. But we thought well, how cool that we can bless people when they um, want to come to London. And if they want to stay somewhere for a week or two, we can say, yeah, we've got a spare room. Come, you can have your own space. Um, wouldn't that be nice? We were like, yeah, we've got this sorted. It'll be really nice. Um, we've been there. We've come to London and need, needed a place to stay. And so we made it all really pretty, we put some flowers there, I put some like cotton wool buds and like little soaps with London on them, Um, so just people felt really welcome. Um, And then we started um, quite quickly actually, people were like on Facebook, um, anyone have a place to stay um, in London, it would be really helpful, I'm coming for a week or two. So we were like, perfect, brilliant. And so we've had a few people staying. Um, But actually, in reality, what happens is they come. And we're like, brilliant, we're so great. This is so nice. Let's try and be really hospitable. Um, And then in the morning time, we're getting ready. And we're like, did you see her room last night? She didn't even make her bed. All the clothes are everywhere. Isn't that weird? Oh, well, never mind. doesn't matter. It's nice that we can have them stay. (laughs) And then we're like, isn't it interesting? He just put the milk carton back in the fridge. But there's no milk in it. But that was a funny way, to, isn't that a funny way of doing things? Doesn't, doesn't matter, and, and and things like, have you told them to double lock the door? Yeah, me too a few times. That's yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Should we say it again? Let's write them a note, shall we? Um, and actually, we really wanted to be welcome, but it turns out it's really it was really hard, and and we found ourselves almost being a little bit bitter under the surface about people coming to stay, even though we really wanted to bless people. And when I was looking at this, um, this passage um, and seeing um, Jesus and his hospitality and his welcoming people, I was really convicted actually. And what I really want to look at is how Jesus welcomes us and our response to that. And um, what we see in the story, it's a dinner party. And Jesus has been invited round by a Pharisee. And normally in those days, as I'm sure you know, they came and they didn't sit on chairs. They kind of reclined on the floor, as it says. And so they'd be reclining on the floor and um, having supper with the Pharisee. There are probably other people around. And this woman learns that Jesus is in the house. And she would have um, probably heard, heard of him already. We're not sure how. It could have been... Maybe she's heard him preach. Maybe she's heard a miracle that he's done. Maybe she's actually experienced something. Uh, maybe she's heard people talk about him before. Um, but it says she's, um, she's an immoral woman. She's probably a prostitute. She's got a reputation. Uh, so, so the Pharisee knows who she is. Um, but she's definitely not a religious woman. And. Um, she she sees Jesus. She's probably hovering around the door a little bit, not knowing how to approach him, but she knows she wants to. She really wants to, and so um, she comes. And it says she comes to his feet, and she takes out this perfume and breaks it over his feet. It was quite normal to wash people's feet when they come come for supper because they didn't wear shoes so their feet would be quite grubby. So it was quite a normal thing to do. But Jesus's feet hadn't been washed this time. And so um, she, she broke open this perfume on these dirty feet and then suddenly started to weep. And so she's, she's crying over his feet and there's perfume and then she undoes her hair and starts um, wiping her hair because there's no towel. Wiping his, his feet clean with her hair. And the Pharisee sitting there looking at Jesus probably and Jesus is, is not doing anything. He's welcoming it. He's, he's actually accepting her. And actually we see um, in verse 38, it says, as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet her fears with, uh, feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and then poured perfume with it, perfume on them. And then later on, as the story goes on, he says, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. And, and actually, she, she, he doesn't do anything. He welcomes her. And I actually, what I want to do is talk about the three people in this, in this passage. So the woman, um, the Pharisee, and then Jesus. So we've got this woman, yeah, who's a pro- known to be a prostitute. And um, that little thing of perfume is um, apparently worth a year of her wages she's a lot of money that's a lot if we think of the equivalent now that's an awful lot of money to spend on some perfume um, and it would have been made from um, a sort of ceramic a marble like um marble like bottle and you snap off the top so you can't use the, use it again and she pours it out onto his feet and i don't think when she came to him she planned to cry it's quite hard to plan to cry actually especially when you've been living a life where you can't really show emotion and you can't really be vulnerable, where she's been living a life as an immoral woman, as a prostitute, and showing emotion is, is not suitable and you've had to make yourself almost hard to it. Um, so suddenly, with Jesus welcoming her in, she just suddenly starts to weep at his feet. And then her hair, as she takes it out and apparently... Um, Letting your hair down was so shameful in those days that um, it was almost cause for divorce if you let your hair down as a woman in public. And she is so humbled at his feet, so overwhelmed with the love um, that she's getting from him that she just takes her hair down and she she starts to wipe his feet. And um, it was so undeserved, it was this undeserved love that Jesus started to show to her. And it reminded me of a story, I um, grew up in South Africa, Um, my parents are here as well, hello, South African parents, and um, we, um, um, apartheid happened for most of their life and the beginning of my life, and it actually only ended in 1994, which is really, really soon, and um, really recently. And there's a story of this woman, and obviously because it's South Africa is part of my heritage and my roots, the story was so powerful for me because it was this old African woman. Um, by the time apartheid ended, she was in her 80s, was, she was really old. And um, what happened was, um, there's this, um, this soldier who had been, um, been going out and... He had been part of apartheid, and he was an Afrikaans guy. And it got to the point where they were in court, and they were—it was on trial for all the things he had done um, to so many African people. And this little old woman was sitting there, and they said to him, "Um, um, "Is it true that you have gone to this woman's house and you've taken her husband, and you've taken her husband and you've taken him and you've—you've murdered him and you've burnt him, um, and and, yeah, and you've—you've killed him?" And the man was like, yeah, it's true. And then they said, is it true that you then went three months later and you took her son and you took him and you burnt him and you murdered him too? And he was like, yes, it's true. And at that point, he started to weep as well. And I mean, just like we see with this woman, this unplanned weeping after you've had to harden yourself. And he, he, you could see he was trying to shut it off, but seeing this old woman was there. And they said to her, they said to this um, Woman, what would you like to be seen done to this man? What would you like to be done to this man? She said, I'd like three things. I'd, I f- firstly, I would like to, to see where you buried or where you put the ashes of my son and my, my husband so I can give them a proper burial. Secondly, I would like this man to come to supper with me every Sunday because my son used to do that. And thirdly, I'd like to, to give him a hug and show him real forgiveness because I don't think he's ever been shown that before. And as she gave him a hug, he just broke down because he had never been shown grace and freedom and forgiveness like that before, totally undeserved, as we see with this woman. This woman, she broke down after feeling so hard-hearted because she had never experienced such total undeserved love and the freedom that came with that. Um, And for me, that was really challenging, actually, about how I respond because it's the same God that loved that woman and the same God who was in that old, that old woman's heart showing love to that soldier. Um, on the other side of the story, we've got the Pharisee. So we've got the woman, we've got the Pharisee and he's sitting and he's a, he's a religious man of the law um, and he's invited Jesus round. He's probably been around Jesus quite a lot. Um, so he knows him. Uh, they're having a dinner party together and um, he, doesn't, he doesn't wash Jesus' feet when he comes in. He seems quite apathetic, as we see. Um, in, in verse 44, it goes up, it says, um, he says to the Pharisee, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. And so this man who's meant to be a religious man um, is almost apathetic to who Jesus is. Um, and almost when the woman comes, he's almost like, stop making a scene. What is if he knew who she was, just send her away. What is she doing? Why is she crying? Come on. Seriously. Okay. He's, yeah, we, think, we know he's great. Come on. Why, what's with the scene? And um, uh, this week I went to, um, as I was thinking about this verse and mulling on it, I I went to a a law lecture um, at the Institute of of Law and they uh, were speaking about um, how to eliminate poverty through the justice system and how lawyers can get involved in doing that. And it it sounded amazing. I'd been invited there as a guest and it was more of a discussion group. There were quite a few influential people there, lots of lawyers, um, lots of people who were quite high up in um, different NGOs and charities. And the stories that were, were going on were really, for me, harrowing. It was talking about Um, sex trafficking, it was talking about tortured people, it was talking about persecution of religious people in other countries, and um, the response was, well, okay, what are you going to do about that? Okay, we can do that, yeah, cool, okay, well, it doesn't really work, but we can try. And the the conversations that were going on were so theoretical, and um, for a moment, I just thought, this is all just talk, and then one woman speaks up, and she starts talking about loving people and she says yeah I've seen this and I've seen someone being tortured and actually what we need to do is get to the root of it and you know actually look at the person for who they are and I was like yeah this is it and then the the sort of chair of the whole thing who um, is a really important lawyer um, said very good well done anyway back to business and I thought how sad that actually this this stuff that we 're talking about is real, and um, it's yeah harrowing, but they 've become so hard hearted to it it 's just talk now it 's just talk, and um, they 've almost given up on it yes we've tried that, oh no that yeah I've, I know we could probably get some documents done on that couldn't we and that was it they 'd become so hard hearted to it, almost apathetic, and then we went next door and had a nice glass of wine and some nibbles, and it was just so it 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 made me sad, and it reminded me of this Pharisee. It reminded me of how he was in the presence of a saviour, yet he was sitting there being like, don't make a scene. He didn't wash Jesus' feet. Um, If if anything, he questions Jesus. And it made me think about how I come to Jesus. He's welcomed me. And I've been in his presence for a while now. I've been a Christian for a while now. How do I respond to his welcome? How do I come to him? Is it just Jesus? I'm just coming to church, just going to hang out with Jesus. It's just a little prayer in the morning. I'm just going to read my Bible because it's just Jesus. When last did I come uh, with a sacrifice and with weeping and with vulnerability and w- with a humble heart because it's never just Jesus? And this um, leads me on to the third character quite nicely, Jesus. Because what we see... It's just a glimpse, a glimpse of of forgiveness that he's had for this woman. A glimpse of what he's done for us. Because this woman comes and washes Jesus' feet. Jesus doesn't just wash our feet. um, He cleanses us totally. He forgives all our sins. And Jesus didn't just sacrifice um, one year's wages. He sacrificed his whole life. And he didn't just humble himself by letting down his hair or being shameful in front of a few people. He died the death of a criminal. And for me, I found that so, so powerful that in the story, it's almost a glimpse of what's to come. And so really, this is just a challenge it was a challenge for me, and I'd like to offer the challenge to you, is Jesus, Jesus welcomes us, and how do we respond to that? How do we respond to to Jesus' welcome? And I don't know where you're at, I don't know if you um, know Jesus, um, if it's just Jesus, or if it's something quite new for you, or you don't know know him at all. Um, But I challenge you to come to him, with the vulnerability um, and the humility that we see this woman, a sinner, come to Jesus with. Shall we pray? And then I just love, in our, own, in our own hearts, just for now, I'm just gonna pray and then we're just gonna take some time and maybe on your own, in your own heart, just chat to him about what you wanna say. I know for me, I had some things to say sorry for and some things to rejoice for. Um, so I'm just gonna pray and then just leave a little bit of space.